What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So on today's episode, I'm going to be doing a brainstorm, which is something that I typically do on podcasts and typically have done in the past. And in the next few episodes, because I have a bunch of pre-recorded stuff uh, that I'm going to be releasing while I am on my honeymoon, which I'm going on. Next week, I'm going to come up with an update of kind of what's going to be going on with the podcast and the content and stuff. But so the theory that I think I am going to be trying to develop here on the podcast with all of you is going to be that I think there needs to be a a little bit more experimenting when it comes to the products for sports card – for sports cards essentially. And I think the concept kind of – kind of arrives from a little bit about like gaming and then just the fact that I feel like they should take a few of their like top top products and keep those kind of the way they are as like um solid ones and then I don't know and I don't know if it would be two to three years of experimenting with different stuff but if they were to take the bottom let's just say I don't I mean I don't know how many I I think they probably come out with like 30 products in a year like there's probably like one or two that come out every month, but like the the main ones. I mean, I think they should keep for basketball. I'm talking. I mean, for baseball, you but for basketball specifically, you could do like Prism Optic. Um, and I mean, I even think that if you were to say Pr- Prism Optic, Donruss Hoops Select, um, those five, maybe if you kept those five, and then the rest of the products were just all kind of there was a little bit more experimenting and by experimenting i mean like different ways to release the products uh different configurations of the of the products like is there a way to do just legends in a product or is there a way to release a product in a way that's like i don't know like this it saying it out loud um it's probably easier saying it saying it out loud than it actually makes sense, but like a scavenger hunt where you have to, in order to get like a code to buy it, you have to do a bunch of things or something like that, or it's like you have to, you have to have bought a pack. I don't know exactly. I don't know. I don't. I don't know exactly what the what the uh, way to do it there would be. But I mean, baseball. I feel like baseball, but basketball is typically a little bit easier. And I I've talked about. I forget if I released this episode, but I talked about the baseball release schedule. No, I think this is one of the episodes coming out next week. Is I talked about, or I do talk about, the baseball release schedule and why I think they should potentially think about changing it. Uh, but for basketball, you know, I think if they're taking the top products and keeping them kind of as is, but then if they were to... And I think they have, in a sense, done this sort of. Like, they've done it with, like, blockchain... Um, and they've done it with some of these like uh, Panini Direct sets where like you're buying it directly from the website. But I do – I just wish that – And oh, actually, sorry. So back to the point about how this kind of came from video games. And the issue that I see with most video games now, which I don't know how – I, I, you know, I, it's cra- – the crazy thing that I've seen for almost 10 years now – for Madden specifically, is that Madden is just the exact same game every single year, but people still buy it. So, like, I almost feel like... I almost think that that's something that Madden is doing on purpose, first of all. 
and that maybe they're the ones that are sort of putting these stories out there because when someone tells you when someone tells me that something is exactly the same as it was previously I think you got two boats of people there. I think you have the boat of people who are like, oh, obviously, like, and they don't buy the game ever. And then you have someone like me who I don't, I haven't necessarily bought a Madden game in a while, but I, I, I sort of do would want to try it. I mean, if it's the same, I see. This is the thing, and this is when I was in the so Madden Ultimate Team was a not even really a community. I was in. I wasn't making any content. I was only consuming Ultimate Team content. But one of the things that a lot of ultimate team like the pro players complained about was that they were catering towards a more casual audience which is why i think they something that i don't think the car, that cards will do because um they're you're catering towards a more you're catering towards an audience who is coming back every single year either coming back or if they're coming in you want them to understand it as easily as possible which if you were to, with with cards, if you were to keep the top five, I think it makes it easy for people to understand. Like, but then I think you should be sort of establishing what is that top five and say, like, I don't know. I feel like there should almost be more education from the card companies about these products. And I think if they, because that's it's sort of what I do. But I mean, I I know that my content is kind of all over the place at times, where I'm not always necessarily talking about product releases, or I'm not always I'm not always talking about like the market, or I'm not always talking about designs. And I think someone coming in may not really, they may not understand some of the nuances within cards that can, like, it can cost you a lot of money. But I think that. Um, if, if, if the card companies were to be the ones that were coming in and saying, um, we, if the, if the card companies came in and said, these are the top five products, these are, these is, this is the information that you need to know about these products. Um, and then the rest of it is going to be kind of mixing and matching. And I don't know. I think because and then back to the kind of sport, the gaming example, like people, casual audience, they want someone to be able to pick up Madden. And I think this is what card companies, I think card companies should do this, but they should also try and stay away from it because the, the like people that play Madden or they play any EA game or any basketball game. I heard 2K has always got these, not even controversies, but people say it's the exact same game. Um, you see this, this happens where, they they want the EA wants people to be able to pick up the game and be able to be fine at the game like they they don't care that they, they don't necessarily want you to become like really really good at the game because once that happens then that's where you start sort of understanding some of the issues within the game and then you also blow out the new players which is they don't want that either because they want they want people coming back, which I also look at it and say, well, they also just want people's money. So that's another reason why I think they make it more casual because, like, like the 2K game, I finally – it took me, like, two weeks of really playing this game to, like, get decent at it, and I still can't even get out of the first round. I still can't get out of, like, the Q finals or whatever, which is which is some some tournament that you play at the beginning of your career mode. I still can't get out of this first round. But I've gotten decent enough that I can go online and I can kind of... It's 50-50 whether I'm going to win online at this point. Like, I'm winning some, I'm losing some. I've been playing, like, skins, 
which is like you play for 40 coins or something like that per hole. Um, so I've been playing that a little bit as well. And, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, I bet you there is a very significant portion of people who played that game and either they played, well, so, and that, but the other thing is with that game, you can make it easier, but like online, the reason it's hard is because online is the default settings or whatever. So I've been trying to use those online default settings in my career mode to get better. And I could see people, if they are playing online and they just are getting blown out and they can't figure out the timing of the swing, that they're not going to come back. And yes, granted, they paid the $60, but like if they're so bad at the game that they never play the game again, it's it, 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 I don't know if... I guess I look at it from a couple different angles. I look at it from like a, a company perspective. You know, is your one purchase of the game for $60 worth it to them to make it so that way diehard people come back? I guess if that's that's sort of the point. But like it like cuz I think eventually games are all going to go free to play. I think you're probably going to the subscriptions for like Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. I think are going to be baked into all games being free, and you'll have to pay rather than $20 a month for PlayStation. You'll be paying like $40 a month, and that will that will include all the all the games that are free to play. And that does, I mean, don't even get me started about microtransactions within these games, because the microtransactions is really where they're making their money. So, like, I think that they don't care if, if someone's, see, I think there's different levels, too, within, within these customers. Like, if you are a customer who, and I know this isn't necessarily as much about sports cards it's more about these sports games but if you're a customer i think there's different levels of customers there's customers who play buy the game and only play online or only play franchise which they don't necessarily care that much about because you're if you're if that's you they're you they aren't making any more money or but if you're someone who's buying packs on madden ultimate team or you're going and you're playing madden ultimate team and you're kind of um growing that brand a little bit that's kind of where I think those customers mean more to EA, and it's the same with like, or like a like a, I mean all these mobile games that have all these extra features that you can that you can pay for or whatever. It's the same. It's the same kind of thing. Like, but within sports cards, I don't really see that model. That model's not really there. Like, you can't. It's not necessarily like you're buying a product and then you can like upgrade the product, which. That would kind of be an interesting concept, but I don't know how that exactly would work. But, like, so EA is just, if they're, also they're saving money, because if they're not read, because, I mean, what, they're putting out the same game, and they're sure there's glitches, and you're going to see all the glitches, but, like, for the most part, the game is fine. Like, I don't know, like, and it's hard, being, I would imagine being some sort of web developer or game developer is not an easy task, especially when it's, like, you come out with a game, and then immediately, as soon as the game comes out, you're already, or even as as if you're done with the game, you're already moved on to the next game because you, that's just what your job is, and that's what you have to do. You can't like dwell. I mean, it's like when Madden comes out, that's like the Super Bowl for these people. But like, it's like the Super Bowl, but then you have to then you're then starting the preseason the day like a day or a week after. Like, it's not there's no breaks. There's not anything like that. I would imagine maybe you know maybe they have like a week break or something like that after the game comes out. But I'm imagining it's not not really like that. But I think within sports cards, I think there just needs to be a little bit more experimenting with some of these products, which I definitely have seen over this past year. But I think they need to lean into it a little bit more. Like I think 
and I don't know if that means that they, these five products, they just continuously print them and then they do shorter printed for some of these other rare products. Because I think it's, within sports cars, branding is pretty important. Like, if they were to just get rid of Prism, like, which I don't think they would ever do because that's basically this, that, that, that's, that, that's, their, that's their main product. But, like, let's say they were to get rid of Prism. Like, what would their next step be? Would their next step be to make it so... Because I don't know if this... Because the thing is, I don't know if um, if Panini is the one that's branding Prism so well or if it's the market. I think that's kind of how you got to look at it. Like, if if you think Panini is the one that's, like, basically figured out a way to establish that Prism is the top brand... I think that is dangerous in a way, but I also think that's good because they're kind of saying, like, this is the product that we want. Because I think Topps does that in a way because they do market the flagship product, which I think they think is very important. They market that like it's the most important product, but I don't necessarily think Panini does that as much. And I mean, I know they do repost people that talk about Prism as their top brand, and people, or they repost a lot of people that tag them basically almost they repost almost anybody that tags them i would say um but so would they be able to brand another product like prism if they were to get rid of it you know i don't know and i don't i don't i also don't know if like if they're looking at it and they're saying we need to experiment more because you know i don't if you're if you're Panini, or you're someone that works there. Let's say you're somebody that works there. Do you look at, do you look at what could be the next five years and say, if we just turn the printers on, we're gonna make so much money? I don't know. I see. This is the part where I don't exactly know what. I don't know if Panini's goals are to grow the industry in a healthy way, or if it's to just like make money and you know squeeze as much squeeze as much of this orange as they can because you know if hypothetically say say that the market goes into a second junk wax era and a second era where cards aren't as popular cards are either the same in popularity or they're not as popular as they were back in the the 90s and early 2000s like what happens to the industry you know and I think I did see an interesting point about this actually was somebody said that if you're buying cards you should be interested in what collectors want to buy because as if if the invest people who are investing if they leave the only people that will be left are collectors which i agree with that i mean i agree from it from the sense that like yes if all the people who are investing leave Obviously, you have people who are still going to be like it, who are still going to like sports cards, and it's going to be something they that they do for fun. But I just don't necessarily think that. I don't know if we're ever going to see a point where ever all the investors or whatever just leave, because I think that there will always be money within the industry, and I don't know if like. I think from the early 2000s, maybe the industry wasn't viewed as something that people made money really on. Like, I think people within... Cause I, and I just think also the the way that businesses are run now is maybe another reason why you're not seeing... Or you, you didn't see 
you didn't see as many investors or as many people starting businesses around sports cards back in the early 2000s because there really wasn't an opportunity. Unless you had a card shop or, or you were just buying and selling on eBay, like they're really, they're really, but you were buying and selling on eBay, but then at the same time, you, you there was no way to tell people that you were doing that. So like, sure, you could have been buying and selling, or if you had a card shop, you could have been doing either of those, but like, the, obviously the card shop is crazy, but now you can have a card shop on the internet. That's one thing that I think people are maybe underestimating about where the industry is now compared to where it was maybe in the late 80s. Because if we're talking late 80s when sports cards were as popular as they are now into the 90s, the aspect of people's businesses, the amount of the the um, the buying and selling you can do on the internet now, first of all, second of all, the aspect of saying that you're buying and selling, that wasn't really a thing back then because there was no social media. There was no, I mean, there was no internet. Like there really, or there, there probably was, but it was like very, uh, like not important, I would say. Like people still thought internet, when the internet first came out, people thought it was like a fad. Like it was, it was not going to be popular in three, four years. Obviously that's incorrect, but I think you look at, you look at what has happened kind of in the industry and I think that there are there are pluses obviously I think but there are some negatives in kind of the growth of the industry like has it happened too fast like that's where I could see people kind of being a little bit nervous about how quickly people are getting into it and what types of money people are spending because I think I think that the basketball market over the past year has been one of the hotter industries within the card within cards so i think now that people are moving to football you're gonna see probably basketball cards people are gonna be panicking because a lot of these cards are going down a little bit more than they typically do and i think the people getting in didn't really know that that was gonna happen um and i people didn't realize i don't think that that cards go down in the off season. I don't think people really knew that because there was just never there was never an opportunity really where there wasn't all these all all the sports were going on and then football's coming up. So like it's not like um it's it's not it's not like you, there was really an opportunity for people to under to people to know in the first place that cards typically go down um in the off season. So I think I think when you look at the the big the big picture, I think that if Tops or Panini were to come out and educate a little bit more and say these are the top five products, these are the top ten products, these these are the this is the important information you have to know about each of these products. And I think with Tops, they do a lot of experimenting within products. Where I think Panini is almost just like it's just a different design, like it's like Prism Optic. Sure, there's different. Um, inserts but like prism optic mosaic all these products they're not any different like at least with with tops there's like uh alan and ginter which has like celebrities there's like gypsy queen which has like the rip cards i think that's in gypsy queen that might be in alan and ginter as well but and then you have um you have like bowman that has like different types of different types of things within there and i mean i think you see uh different you see some differences in baseball more than you do with basketball and if and I don't know who's right. This is kind of the other thing that I'm sort of brainstorming, sort of trying to figure out is like, is Panini right by just 
doing sort of a, a very similar EA Sports type of thing where they're just coming out with the same exact thing and just maybe making smaller tweaks that aren't really changing the landscape of the, the product itself? Or is Topps right, and they're just coming out with crazy stuff all the time? And I think I've you've seen Topps, this year specifically, doing more like random one-offs, but I think that they need to... They need to do those random one-offs, but they need to make the one-offs into more of a big deal so that way they can get market data about potentially what products they need to come out with in the future. Now, Panini hasn't... See, if Panini were to have done that this year, I think that would have given them a ridiculous amount of data because you look at every single product and it just sold out instantly. You look every single product you look at that Panini came out with this year sold out. So, like... Or, or maybe that's how they look at it. They look at it and they say, well, if every product is going to sell out, we're not going to get any good data on making changes or experimenting because if every product sells out, then we'll ne- we don't know which which did better or which did worse. So I think it's uh, – yeah, I think I, that's kind of the point that I want to get across that I think is interesting. I think there could be more experimenting, but I also think that Tops does that, and I think they do fine. Panini doesn't do it, and they also do fine. So I don't know – I don't know who's right or wrong in this instance, but I think it would be interesting to see Panini maybe try and change things up a little bit. Tops, I think, is doing fine, but I think they could do even... I think they should lean into it a little bit more and do, do stuff that's a little bit more crazy. But that's all I've got for today's episode. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for listening. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you very much. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you want to scroll down and leave a review, that would be phenomenal. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you in the next one.